This podcast is sponsored by Kulabola that creates simple and very advanced websites, as well as creating fantastic animation. If you or someone you know is looking to start or update their websites, we're offering a genuine 20% discount with the code SPEAKING. Just go to Kulabola, C-O-O-L-A-B-U-L-L-A.com and the links are in the podcast description. Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com or also on BitChute and YouTube. And I also have the Awakening Podcast, the Meditation Podcast, the Learn Polish Podcast, and the Crypto Podcast, and all can be found on RoyCollin.com. Today, my guest, founder of Master Talk, please welcome Brendan Kumar Sami. Thanks for having me, Roy. It's good to be on. So you might let the listeners know who's Brendan. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. So yeah, my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. It's a YouTube channel I started a few years ago to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. And I also have a coaching practice where I train entrepreneurs and executives to be top 1% communicators in their industry. But even if it sounds super fancy, Roy, that's not, not how my story started. When I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds, So while other guys my age are playing footy or cricket or rugby or basketball, I was doing presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. And then I started coaching people who are younger than me in that program just to help them because we didn't have a communication coach. But after many years of doing that, I realized that everything that was in my head wasn't available for free on the internet, especially on YouTube. And that's what led me to start making videos. And then everything else took off from there. And I've actually looked at a few of your videos and they're very good. And the fact that I've kind of, I mean, I was late to the game, but the stuff that you're covering is excellent, to be honest. And I think you've hit the nail on the head with keeping it short. You know, you, you know they're kind of five to 10 minute kind of things, which is perfect because if you do one for an hour, people will kind of go, not, nah, you know, for, for something like teaching them. But if they just come in and listen and you've got a, you've got something like over 20,000 subscribers, you know, you've got, you know, a massive amount of downloads. So, you know, it's actually working for you. Yeah. It, it took a long time. You know, I started coaching. When I was 19. So I've been doing this for six years and I started the YouTube channel three years ago. So yeah, it's, it's definitely been a wild journey, but yeah, super grateful for it. So with the YouTube, because I know there's some people, I mean, I, I've got various channels. I got kicked off one for exposing corruption and fraud, but other ones, it's hit and miss me. I've got one that's got over a million, the Polish one. Other ones, they just trickle along. What have you learned? What kind of tips could you give people for growing their YouTube channel? Because obviously you've done something and I've seen you get massive views on some of your channels. So you figured it out, obviously. Yeah, absolutely right. You, you know, I wish there was a silver bullet. I wish there was a secret formula that I could share. But the truth is, YouTube requires focus, dedication, and a long, long time. Like the way I think about it is if you don't want to be on YouTube for 10 years, you shouldn't bother posting because it takes so long. Like my YouTube channel hit 10,000 subscribers literally seven months ago, right? Oh. It took me two and a half years to get to 10,000. And now it's increasing really rapidly because now the YouTube algorithm is helping me out. But it definitely wasn't the case at the beginning. So what I would say is post once a week for 10 years and you'll have a successful YouTube channel. That's the mindset you need to have with YouTube, especially with long form content. So for me, I write out my videos years in advance. I have a production team that takes care of this years in advance. So I don't have to think about it. 
so that I'm always posting. But the problem with most YouTube channels is they're either not focused on one topic so people know what they're getting, or there's not enough consistency. You might do it for three months or four months, but then after you, you kind of stop with YouTube. Whereas for me, I've been posting for three years and I haven't missed one week, not even one once. And that's the, that's the magic to YouTube. I wish there was a secret formula. You got to post once a week for a very, very long time and you got to promote the crap out of it. No, for, and, and like so many people ask me with the podcast, like, what's the secret formula? And that's all I say. It's consistency of a few things. That's the secret. For, there's no magic to, because that's what people want. They want something easy. Oh, I press this button and there it goes. I get two million subscribers and I make a lot of money every week. And yeah, like what I've noticed with the Polish one, and unfortunately with my other podcasts, I'm not consistent. But with the Polish one, I put them out two a week regular. And I think people kind of get used to it and they're waiting for it. Do you think it's the same for YouTube? Yeah, but the other piece that I would add that I feel you don't give yourself too much credit on, Roy, so let me give the credit for you, is you also have a very unique edge. There's not a lot of Polish podcasts out there in that specific language. So it attracts that community towards you. And you have a lot of great energy, too. So, like, for example, if I think about Polish influencers, not a lot of names come up. It's pretty much just you. If I, if I were to think off the top of my head. I'm sure there's others, but the point is because there's a lot less competition for content, people will gravitate towards you. If you want a podcast in Polish, like he's the guy, Roy's the guy, right? So, so it's the same thing with me. Like, it, yes, talent, consistency is important. That's the foundation. But then the next level is why should people watch you over a million other channels? So for me, it wasn't an accident that I grew. I'm sure some of it was, but most of it was a lot of the communication tips to your point that I teach in my YouTube channel, I invented. So that means if you want that, those tips, you have to watch my YouTube channel. You actually can't go anywhere else unless you're listening to me on a podcast or something. But if you want all of it, you need to go there. So there's the mix between how passionate you are, how consistent you are, but also what is your unique edge that you're willing to be consistent on so i'm not surprised to see the success that you've had in, in the polish community for sure i know you've mentioned as well about because like you are energetic uh it went with the videos and i know even just hair talking you know you can see that this but like you're kind of even advising people don't fake it and no don't like if that's not your style don't be you know like if you're kind of let's call it droll or whatever just kind of monotone some people are not to be going because people can see that as well and it's not because there is a lot of people that like that style as well, and you'll attract that audience. Absolutely. You know, I made a video on this a few weeks ago about how to speak on YouTube videos, but that applies for anything on social, like a podcast. Or, and, and what I argue in that video, to your point, is the goal is not to speak like somebody else. The goal is to speak the, to the better version of who you can be. And the example I gave was there's a lot of creators on YouTube who do way better than me, like yeah, sure, my follower account is cool, but I know people who are doing, you know, half a million, one million plus in subscriber count, but they're super introvert, like Lana Blakely, Roberta Blake, the holistic psychologist. Those are just examples of creators on YouTube that have multi six figure subscriber accounts, but, you know, aren't super like me, excited, like super energetic. So what I feel, Roy, is more about getting started. And then as you get started, you figure out a style that works for you. So you're right. I'm naturally extroverted. So for me, it's like, I like being on, I like the energy, but for an introvert, it might start with being very quiet, but then as they get better at being on camera, 
they're still smiling. They're still quiet. Their vocal tones are still low, but they're smiling. Their expressions are better, but they're, they're more of themselves. So what is the best version of you? But if you don't post content, you'll never find the best version of you because I sucked on video too and I got started. What I've noticed as well is, because I do a weekly show with, with another guy as well, and what I've noticed is, after a while, you get so comfortable that the humor comes out as well. Because, I mean, if we were meeting in a bar or just going for a coffee, we'd be using the humor. But some people, they don't do that. And But the more, as you say, the more you do it, then you just kind of, it is like you're becoming you and the audience gets to see the real you. And that's how they start following you more and connecting better. I completely agree. Completely agree. It's, it's the way that we build those relationships that energy that connection that you clearly have so you don't need any coaching but that's the key right is when we have that energy and that connection that's how we build those relationships and build that audience but the other piece that i would say as well that i feel a lot a lot of people talk about roy is the idea of there is something more important than follower count which is forget about a thousand followers focus on a thousand conversations Okay, thousand conversations. People forget that the people following them are human beings. You need to be willing to go to the bar with them, have dinner with them, speak to them, build relationships with them, because that's how you actually build a raving fan base. And I'm sure you've done this in Poland at some point where you've had some get together with people who are listening to your podcast, the Polish one specifically, and you're meeting them. I'm sure you've done that. That's why you've had that success. And then you build that over time, especially when people meet you in person they're more likely to say, hey, let me share this with 25 of my cousins in Poland or Polish people across the world. And that's how you actually scale a show. And people don't really get that. That distribution is the most important thing. Well, what I found is the amount of people that listen to it, not everyone comments as well, because there's loads of times I meet people and next they'll mention, oh, I love your podcast. I love this. And something, you know, so don't kind of, I, I always tell people don't get depressed or don't get done because you're not getting the likes. It doesn't mean people aren't listening because I mean, you can actually check, you know, the, the downloads and stuff like that. So, you know, just, it's just a way of something now. Cause I often said, I'm not even like, you know, I I'm trying to be conscious of that as well. Cause I know some people they're judging themselves based on the amount of likes that they're getting, but there's plenty of times I'm just looking, I'm enjoying it, but I don't go out of my way to give a like. I know so don't be kind of judging how it's done, like. Oh yeah. I'm completely with you on that, Roy. It's the idea of just figure out the five people that you know are watch you every week. And if those people like your stuff, the rest doesn't really matter. Everything else above that is a bonus. And that's the way I thought about it. I mean, think about me. I started my YouTube channel in my mother's basement. Like people go watch my first couple of videos. There's no editing. I'm literally speaking on a phone and I'm talking like this. Uh, hi everyone welcome to master talk and it's like I'm super monotone I'm not good at it but my tips were good everything else was terrible don't get me wrong everything else was terrible but my tips were good so people would watch the videos not a million people back then probably like 10 15 people but they would watch every week so I'd say oh Looks like I'm doing something right. Looks like people actually want to watch this stuff. And then 10 became 20. And then I had dinner with those 20 people. 20 became 50, 100, 200. And now, now it's what it is today. Brilliant. And just because I don't think I've seen um, advertisements on your one. You Have you actually started to monetize your YouTube channel? Did you put in the, did you set that up yet? Yep, absolutely. So yeah, I, I started running ads probably a year and a half ago. But it took a while because I hit I hit a thousand subscribers pretty quickly, but it took me a long time to get the watch time I needed to monetize the the 
because public speaking as a, as a as a topic on YouTube isn't as popular as pranks, right? Or or for you know like music or rappers. So it took me a long time to monetize. But yes, but I don't make a lot of money from that. Most it's, of my it's I I'm not sure about you, but I know the Polish one because I set it up last year near I think February or something like that. And at the end of the year, I got I I just waited and. It was like about 100 euro that I got. And there was between 120, maybe 120, 150,000 views covered in that monetization. And I was like, whoa. And recently, another one of my channels, I got it up to the 1,000 subscribers. I got the 4,000 hours that you need. And they refused me. <laughs> and I was like, but then I just said, you know, why, why, why get upset because of this? Because you can actually, I mean, you know, you're obviously doing workshops and different things and, you know, you're a coach. So, like, that's what I'm doing. I'm kind of promoting myself as opposed to hoping to make decent income from the views. Absolutely. Like, the way I think about this, Roy, is you need a product or service attached to the content that you're providing if you want to make a living doing what you love. It's the only way. Like for me, the only reason I've been able to, like I do this full time now, but it's not because of my YouTube uh, fame or whatever you want to call it. Not at all. Of course it helps, but for sure. There's no doubt, especially in our space with, with public speaking, there's not a lot of dedicated YouTube channel on that topic. So I definitely stand out, but uh, that's not what brings the money. It's executives, entrepreneurs, coaches who, who pay direct access to me, who want me to coach them personally. That is how I, I, I make a living doing what I love. Because if I didn't have my clients, I wouldn't be able to do this full time. I would have to stay in my, my corporate job. I used to work at IBM as a consultant. So yeah, if I had to leave, I mean, and I was doing really well there financially. So the only way I could leave that job to do YouTube full time is if I had clients to coach. Absolutely. You need a product or service. I know you're... Instagram because every time I have a different guest on because I mean obviously I've got all the lists because you know I'm trying to promote the show as well to the different things and I always look at their Instagram I look at Twitter and all this you've got massive engagement in your Instagram I, I know some nearly 5,000 uh, followers which I've often seen people have a hundred and odd thousand with very little like engagement but you've got massive engagement you know and i was going through it looking at it because i like i'm always like i love marketing and i was like okay is it what hashtags are you using and sometimes you've no hashtags you have just a long story which i haven't seen before and i'm wondering is that the secret sauce for instagram when we all think it's just two hashtags you know it's funny roy i've guessed on hundreds of podcasts and nobody has brought that up which is hilarious because i don't even take my instagram that seriously i think i post i mean you saw my posting schedule i suck on instagram like all of my focus is on youtube and linkedin and, and guesting on shows that's really because that's where i can talk right and actually give the full range but to answer the question the secret is actually has nothing to do with hashtags i don't even know how ig works to be honest the reason my engagement is so high is because I know most of those people that are engaging. You know, going back to the to what I was telling you earlier about the conversations, I've talked to hundreds of people. Even if I remember when I got started, even if the show has five downloads, if I just like the person, I'll take 45 minutes to talk to them. And the reason is this, right? This is what people don't get. I want to know why you're interested in my topic. So I'll give you this crazy example. You'll find this funny. So it was 18 months ago. 
this guy reaches out to me. He's like, I want you, I want to have you on my show. So, like, okay. so I get on this guy's show and he's the CEO. I kid you not the CEO of an animal sanctuary. And I was like, what's an animal sanctuary? So apparently for those who don't know an animal sanctuary, I didn't know this is a nonprofit. It's like a farm where they take endangered animals like pigs and all this stuff. And they get a nonprofit to fund all of this. And he was the CEO of that. So he was watching my YouTube videos to help him raise money for his animal sanctuary. So obviously my client base isn't watching that show. But the reason I guessed it on it is I wanted to hear what questions he was asking. So he was asking me so many questions related to animal sanctuaries and that I didn't get and I was kind of figuring out. But the point that I want to drive with the story is most content creators aren't willing to spend real time with their audience. 45 minutes with Roy, 45 minutes, whether this thing has 5 million downloads or five, it doesn't matter. It's the willingness to have those conversations. But because I've had so many of them, I have a lot of supporters, not because of some algorithm to your point, but because I've literally talked to thousands of people one-on-one over the three to five years that I've done this. So I have thousands of people that I know as human beings who are constantly supporting what I do. And that's why my engagement rate is so high. Yeah, what I do is like, whether it's the YouTube or the different things, I'll always engage with them with the comments. And I know a lot of people don't do that. So when somebody writes something, I'll make a comment and thank them. And then they'll, you can see over the years, you know, they stay, they stay because they appreciate that you've actually, you know, thanked them for listening. You know, I've often said, thanks for watching the show. And they just say great content or whatever. I know there's all different content. And what I've noticed as well, say on Facebook, because one of the podcasts I have is kind of exposing corruption and fraud. Not everybody will agree with what I'm saying. The odd time you get attacked, but I, I was kind of prepared for that anyway. I don't engage in it. I know there's no point in arguing with somebody that's angry because, but you'll find your supporters will actually be defending you. They'll engage in the conversation. And sometimes you go to bed and you get up the next day and there's a trade of 20 conversations based on your followers defending you. Mm, absolutely. It's, it's to your point, it's that one relationship that you spend time nurturing and i take this even a step further people who dm me on instagram or linkedin i always send voice notes it blows people's minds they go oh my god like this person sent me a voice note they don't forget that for the rest of their life then if you build that one raving fan at a time eventually you'll have thousands and then you'll be that 10 year overnight success right you'll wake up and you'll say what happened like now my youtube channel is exploding but it didn't start that way. Like now I'm sure by the end of the year, I'll probably have 40 or 50,000 subscribers at this point, just based on the growth now, but it didn't start that way. It was just like one, I would, let's say I would talk to you. I'd have two subscribers say, Hey Roy, uh, how can I get this to three? And you're like, Oh, let me just press subscribe. But that's how, <laughs> that's how I grew. Right. So that's the key. Yeah. I remember when I was my first podcast, I was trying to get a hundred downloads i was at 97 i was at a to- toastmaster meeting and i was like come on download. i was basically saying download my thing i want it was like so much success just to get to 100 downloads you know just, and that's how you do it one by one one extra you know asking for the, re- the the referral it helps i mean i do that at the end of every show and it helps because if you don't ask you won't get it Yes. If you don't ask, you won't get it. Absolutely right, my friend. I do that at the end of every video too. If you know one person that's with yeah. this, send them that video and they'll be one step closer to mastering the talk. I say that in every single video. Yeah. So yeah, I, I know it, and it works because like it, sometimes people are doing it at the start and 
it's grand, but by the time they get to the end of it, they don't think of it. And it's like once it's finished, you just say what you'd like them to do, you know. And a lot do. It's actually, you know, people wonder how do you grow, how do you grow. It's all these little things, all these little things connecting, saying that they become ten percent extra every month. And then, as you said, you're a couple of years down the line, and you're going, Ooh, "This is massive." And people think you're an overnight success. They don't see the actual <laughs> the work that's been put in over the years. Like. Absolutely. So I know that you do like workshops and I've been to like the landing page. So I, I don't know how it's or- organized, but I know that you do it with somebody else. So I'd like to kind of go into it, how you get people to it. Does the landing page work? And also you're partnering with somebody. So I'm wondering the advantages of actually doing that. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Happy to go into that. So two pieces there. So let's go through both. So the first one is the landing page. So yes, we host a, a free training every few weeks over Zoom to help people with their communication skills. And that's our give. And it also leads to clients as well, because people can interact with us. And the, re- the way that I've seen it is the success of that free training is primarily based on people attending the free training, recommending other people. Going back to what we said, right? One conversation at a time. So what we do is let's say 50 people jump on the call. I literally message most of them. Hey, what's up? But not to sell them anything. I just go, hey, can you invite five other people to this call? And they go, yeah, sure. And that's how we've grown this thing. I think the last free training we did, we had probably 300 people register for it. And probably 70, 65, 70 people showed up. That's that's good. Yeah, because I mean, sometimes people get like, you know, 5% of the numbers that register. So that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. And that's how we've, we've built it over time. So our number one strategy, Roy, is build a raving fan base. People who attend it or the people who are advocates of it. Because if you've never been to it and I ask you to promote it, you're less likely to do it. If, if you're outside of podcasts, obviously with the podcast, it's easier, but, but outside of that, it's like, okay, but like, what are you doing? Are you pitching people? Like what's happening? Right. But when you get to it and you're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Then it, you're much more likely to, to recommend. So that's one piece. The other piece you asked me is around business partnerships. I generally do not recommend business partnerships, funny enough, because the, the divorce rate on business partners is much higher than the divorce rate in relationships, which a lot of people don't know. It's kind of funny. I, I found that out recently. I just got really lucky with my business partner. You know, he built me up when I was nothing. Like I started mastering in 2019. I was working a corporate job. I wasn't looking to turn this into a business. I was just making videos for fun. I wasn't putting any money into it. I was just on a phone. And getting better every week. And then when I met Vamsi at a, at a conference called Summit of Greatness, it's by this podcaster named Lewis Howes. He hosts this event every year. So I went there. I took a flight to Columbus, Ohio, which is in the middle of nowhere, by the way. You don't need to know where that is. And I met him at a 5 a.m. workout. And he just bet on me. He just he didn't charge me anything. He just said, hey, let me help you build your business. And he gave me a lot of great tips. He gave me my first clients. He really took care of me. And we're, we've been amazing business partners ever since. And he doesn't coach on what I coach. He's a, he's a high performance and mindset coach. That's why we're good business partners because we don't have competing services. So he coaches on mindset and leadership and I coach on communication. But yeah, it's, I'm super grateful for Vomsi and we'll be business partners for life, I'm sure. And like, just curious on this one as well, because I know you do kind of like a 15 minute kind of introductory call just to see how you match. Would you actually past clients when you realize they're not a fit for you but they'd be a fit for your partner that's exactly what we do you got it there's always there's always something that they need help with whether it's mindset or leadership and the other pieces especially now we're both still on the calls together 
So we get on the call together and then we figure out what makes more sense to them. But eventually what happens, Ryan, that's why having a partner is great. If, if it's the right one, most of the time, it's not the right one. They have to be as hardworking as you just as good. But if it does work out, it's really great. Because what happens is even if they join the mindset piece, they'll join communication in six months anyways, because they'll, they'll want the other part, which has happened most of the time. So it works well. Brilliant, brilliant. And like, I know that you help people with kind of stage fright as well. And because I know some of the listeners, they're trying to improve their speaking skills. And as others, you know, they're just listening in because they want to try so i know you've got a few kind of tips and you might just talk about some of them because i've listened to some of the videos you put up and i'd actually recommend that they subscribe to you because you know you do it very well to be honest oh thank you roy really appreciate it brother but yeah there's so there's a couple of things to get started so let's talk about straight stage fright here's my perspective on this i fundamentally believe that fear of communication or nerves or anxiety doesn't go away I feel bringing that to zero is a, is a bad expectation to have. And I'll give you an example with me, right? The communication expert who coaches other people on this. If Elon Musk called me right now, Roy, and said, coach me tomorrow, I would shit my pants. <laughs> okay. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't just go, oh yeah, like I'm totally not nervous. Uh, let me just go ahead and fly. It's just Elon. No, I would be like, yeah, I'm worried. I'm scared. It, it doesn't matter how great you are at communication or how skilled you are. There's always somebody, if Obama calls you and says, hey, I need your help, coach. There's always some level where, where you're worried, you're anxious, you're scared. So for me, the goal is not to remove the fear. I feel that's the wrong expectation to have. But rather, okay, rather saying, how do I outweigh the fear? Think of it like a boxing match. One side of the ring is the fear of communication the anxiety, the stress. But the other side is the message. Why are you sharing this? Why is it important? Why does this need to be shared? So the goal is not to remove the fear. The goal is to make sure that when your message and your fear meet in the middle of the boxing ring and the match starts, that your message gets the knockout punch. Your fear doesn't need to go away. Your message just needs to be a bit more important than the fear to make this work. Think about me. I started my YouTube channel. I was 22 years old. I was coaching CEOs when I was 22, which sounds cool, but I was coaching people who were lived longer in the company, worked longer in the company than I was alive. Who was I to do that? I had a lot of fear, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. So why did I press record? I didn't press record for the executive who could afford me. I pressed record for the 15-year-old girl who couldn't. That 15-year-old girl, whether they live in Poland or the United States or Canada, doesn't matter. They can't afford a speech coach. And I was the only person who was young enough that they could relate to. So it's either I post the videos or nobody does. That's why I pressed record. Beautiful. I love that. And that's why I've done a lot of the stuff that I'm doing as well is because I'm conscious not everybody can actually afford it. Same with the, you know, the podcast and also the Polish thing as well because some people need to know the language and they can't afford to get lessons. And yeah, you, even if you're helping one person, I always say you would still do it. You'd send it out there when you know that even though it, it grows and there's a lot more. But I always said that if it's one person has benefited from it, would I do it? I said I would. Absolutely. Same here. We have the same philosophy, right? It's all about saying like for me, my legacy is I think the next Elon Musk is a seven year old girl who can't afford me. And like a, a communication coach. That's why for me, I want to be the Khan Academy of public speaking, where it doesn't matter if you don't have money. You should be able to go on Master Talk 
as you know, like all my information is free. I don't hide anything. Like go there and watch it, learn and still master the tools. Coaching is mostly for people who want to save time, right? Get there really fast. But that's the, that's the mantra, man. So definitely on the same page. And you know, you mentioned about the fear as I was there. I totally agree with you. I mean, like going on stage, definitely. But with the, like I do live calls, usually weekly. And I know that we had David Icke a few times. And I don't know why. I mean, I've read a few of his books and everything. Just just got the EBGBs for that. But I think, and, and you see a lot of people, that I, I think it's because you care. You care so much that that's why you've got it. And I know that there's others, they get to a level and they don't have that no more. And you can actually know it and feel it. And I think they lose something. It's like a cockiness and they don't connect with their audience when they're doing that. It's like they made a jump and they think they're above everyone else. But you can you can actually feel it and you can see it when you when you've done you know when you've gone through the roads of uh, public speaking. Oh, absolutely, Roy. That, that was probably the best thing you said today. You're you're absolutely right. The, ra- the rest was not. No, <laughs> no, no. Everything else was great too, but that was like exceptional. You, you're right. It's you have to really care. Like for me, YouTube. To, same thing with you, but I'm speaking for both of us. You know, for us, it wasn't about. Oh, being famous, like uh, doing all this stuff. No, it's just I, I was genuinely upset, Roy, that a lot of the stuff I was sharing wasn't available for free. I was shocked. There are so many speech coaches who are older than me, who had a lot more time to be on YouTube. I couldn't because I was 15. Or sorry, I was what, 18, seven years ago. I, wasn't a, I didn't have the expertise. But there's people who are much older than me who could have done this. And I started watching their YouTube videos and I was like, this is horrendous. Like, what do you mean? Bring more energy, be yourself. None of this makes any sense. There needs to be practicality. That's why I started posting videos. It wasn't to make money. I was doing well financially already. I was making really good money at IBM. But when I realized that this didn't exist, it pushed me to do it. And then I found a way to monetize it later. But you're right. The core needs to be true. And that's something I, I told myself at the beginning of this journey too. It doesn't matter if I make a million bucks a year or a hundred or 10,000. I, I always am making videos for that seven-year-old girl. That's always the focus. So whenever I show up on a podcast, you're right. It's never about saying, oh, you know, I've guessed it on 600. Who cares? No, instead of going, no, it's people don't know me. I need to make sure that there's one seven-year-old girl who's listening to this, who's going to watch me and go, I can relate to this person. Right? And that's, that always drives me. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that too. I know with the meditation, because I went through a journey where doing very well in real estate and everything, and then kind of through corruption, lost it all. And meditation was helping me. And I was listening to some meditation chat, and then they changed it to a paid one. And, you know, that inspired me then to do the meditation podcast to make sure there's meditation from all different types. And it will always be free because you just don't know the journey people are going on as well, what they need. You know, and they will find you. You know, the thing lands on people's laps when they're, you know, in need of something. 100% correct. I love that we have so much of the same values and philosophies. And, and that's what it takes. So going back to your first question, Brendan, how do you become a YouTuber? You already know the answer to that question. <laughs> how to become a great content creator. But for the audience, it's how much do you care? Do you care so much that it hurts? Like that's really the ethos and, and everyone's got their, their sport, right? For some people, it's being really good at basketball. They put in the work, they wake up every morning at 5 a.m., they get it done, they put in the reps and they become world-class basketball players. But in this sport, in content creation, your outcome, 
the quality of your distribution is solely dependent on how much you care about your audience. The most generous person wins in this industry. So if you're someone who's holding back, sure, you might win short term, what we call them direct response marketers. Yeah, sure, you might win short term. You'll never win the long game. But if you really care about people, this relationship compounds over time. So let's say me and you, we just met, we're both go-givers. Sure, maybe like no products, no sales, but after 10 years of us building a relationship together, a lot of things will happen from that. And people who are playing that short game won't realize that. And they'll always lose in the long run. So yeah, you have to really care. Absolutely. Definitely. And like, I know that you've got some prestigious clients like Salesforce, Amazon, Deloitte. Ah! I, I wrote down the other one, like IBM, like some people aspire to get that. What's, I mean, you, you, you were very young doing that. I mean, it, it, you know, you even mentioned that at the fair there, but like landing them because some people aspire to try to, let's call it landing the big boys. I'm not sure if it's the, the best way for everybody because sometimes, you know, get getting into a corporation, but you might just how you can kind of get the, the fishing rod out and put in a few of these because uh, it's good on the CV as well. I mean, I even see it on the email. You know, it's kind of showing you're out of caliber because these companies they don't, you know, they'll do their research and you keep coming back when they're happy. They see the results. They see the people that you're coaching. They're going, wow, this guy was shaking. And now he's a competent speaker. And, and I'll be honest, Roy, of course, in our, in our industry, right, in speaking, it's, it's easy to do because it's easy to show the result if you're good. But what I would say is it's seasons. So don't compare my chapter 22 to everyone, to somebody else, to your chapter one, not you, but the person who's listening, right? So, so it's the same thing. So when I started, and this is my advice always, because I had a lot of imposter syndrome when I got started, uh, not so much anymore, but when I started coaching people who are double, triple my age sometimes. So what I would say is start with the person you're comfortable serving. So think about if you're a parent, is it easy for you to give kids advice? Yeah. Or you'd be like, yeah, they, they don't listen to me, but yeah, I'm going to give them some advice. So start with the people that you're comfortable serving and get them results, especially in, in coaching, like especially in that niche specifically, I always recommend starting for free. Like if you can't get results for people, why bother charging? You're just stressing yourself up because now you're, you feel out of integrity. You're like, oh my God, if I'm turning this person like, and I, and I haven't gotten a result yet, it, it, it just doesn't, it's just bad, bad woo woo. Right. So for me, it's more about saying, okay, I just started coaching seven-year-olds. Literally, that's how I started. I was coaching nine-year-olds to pro bono, like just helping them. I didn't know what I was doing back then, right? This is probably five, six years ago. I was just coaching them. And then I started coaching people my age. But once again, had no idea what I was doing. I was making a bunch of mistakes. And then I got good because I coached 50 people. It wasn't like some uh, magic potion I drank and I became this great speaker, speaking coach. No, I just coached 50 people. I sucked with 47 of them. And then at number 48, they were like, oh, this is actually helpful, Brendan. This is very good. And that's how I got better. And then when I got really comfortable, I started coaching people my age again. So at this point, I'm still not coaching people in their 30s or 40s, 50s, still my age. But those people were CEOs because a lot of my friends were in the startup space. I was in the technology space a lot. So they started their own companies and they were saying, hey, Brendan, I have a pitch for an investor for 50,000 and I can't afford a coach. Can you just help me? I just said, sure. So then I started learning C-suite level communication. And then I was like, well, if I can coach a CEO, I could probably coach someone in the thirties who's a software developer. 
And then, so I went five and you get it. So it keeps going, it keeps going, it keeps going until now, now I just coach, you know, primarily managers at Amazon and things like that. But I think the key is, is notice where I started. So you need to start where you are. The biggest mistake most people make, Roy, whether it's anything, starting a podcast, starting a business, is they don't put themselves in movement. They're not in movement. Okay, if I'm not making any money, let me just coach somebody for free. Okay, if I don't know how to speak, let me just start a podcast. If I don't know how to do this, let me just try something. But most people aren't willing to try something. And that's where the friction point is. I'm glad you said that about the the coaching the people kind of to start free because like I've kind of realized that I need to start monetizing the the podcast. I mean, I'm promoting stuff in my real estate and stuff like that, but my passion is in the podcasting. So I've decided because I've got five podcasts, four of them are in the top half percent that I'll be a podcast coach. I haven't done it, but what I have done over the years is I've had loads. And it was kind of part of the thing as well as so many people are coming to me to help them, which is great, but it's a lot of time and effort. And I set up kind of modules and taking them through and they've, their podcasts have been successful. So I've actually done that to, you know, help people to, to get through. So next question is kind of, it's relating to me, but I know it might be others because there's people I want to be coaching because I'm looking at it now and I'm looking, am I going to do the kind of full all in to take a person from, they decide they want to be the podcaster to the whole true journey, editing, marketing, everything, rather than the hourly thing, because I'm not sure is the hourly thing something that people will appreciate. And I'm just curious because you're a coach, your thoughts on that one. Absolutely. We're happy to, and we can have an offline conversation as well. If you want to talk to people, whatever, whatever I could do to serve you. But the key is in a nutshell, I would never charge by the hour. I charge by the result. So I charge X number of dollars, let's say a few thousand for this result. And I guarantee the result. So that way people don't feel like, okay, why are you giving me five hours of my time instead of 10, right? Because then, then it's harder to go through the value. So what I always think about my framework is what are the three easiest results that you can deliver? I call them high impact results, but they're easy for you, but impactful for the other person. So I'll give you a super easy example to give you something specific. For my technology executive clients, if I just teach them presentation skills, that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to them over time. And I'll tell you why, because when they're making, I don't know, 130, 150,000 as a technical consultant, the next pay raise is 200,000 generally, where they go into leadership skills. So if they pay three, $5,000 for coaching, not only do they get the salary increase, but that salary increase stays for the rest of their life. So we just added, I don't know, maybe like a million or $2 million to their bottom line in their salary. So but that's also easy for me to deliver. So this is what I want, to, I want you to pay attention to, Ron. So it's impactful for them, but it's easy for me. That's the sweet spot. Versus, I'll give an example. I used to do this a lot where uh, in the beginning, I would coach a lot of people on their TED Talks. That's a pain because you have to look through all 18 minutes. Everything has to be perfect and they don't have a budget. So it's just like they don't have a lot of money. It's tough. It's not, it's not easy. And I wasn't super excited about it. I still do it for some of my clients, the people I really love, but it's mostly invitation only now for, for that type, like the TED Talk stuff. But, but notice what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find a balance between what's easy for me and what's impactful for you. So for example, in podcast coaching, if I was you, I would focus, I would focus less on the editing side. Maybe you can um, hire an agency and take a finder's fee 
you can take like 10% and say, okay, I have this agency who's really good. I'll refer you to them. And then the agency will pay you 10% of whatever they sell to them that you trust, obviously, not like some random agency. And then you coach them on the stuff that you're excited about. So for example, uh, how to be a really good podcast host. Like, how do you ask really good questions? How do you show up with energy? Uh, and you could write a list of all of the things. Okay, these are the 10 things. And then out of those 10 things, you figure out what are the three things that you're excited about that really gets you excited. So for me in communication, it's uh, how do you answer questions in a boardroom? How do you give feedback? It's presentation skills. It's relationship building. That's what lights me on fire. So I coach on those things that I don't coach on anything else. So that's what I would do. I would narrow the scope on the stuff that's easy for you, impactful for them, very impactful, and then charge them based on that result. That's it. And I wouldn't do anything else. Excellent. Excellent. Perfect. And like, I know as well that because like, I've, I've talked to, uh, you know, people that have got coaches and as you mentioned, they can get a big jump in their salary. But I've heard as well that uh, sometimes people, when they become the president or the CEO, it's a different form because they're not used to then kind of that they're talking for the company and then they can. And so when you build a relationship with, with people as they're going up, it's a, it's a nice way that you can keep working with somebody as well. 100% exactly. And it's also about who are you excited about? Like you could, uh, one other exercise you could do is when you coach 10 people, you can sit down with yourself and go rank them. Who is my favorite person? And then you'll notice there's a trend. Maybe you like work with Polish people. Maybe you like working with technologists. You'll find a trend. And then when you find it, you just double down on those people. And that's how your business scales. Listen, Brendan, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I know I didn't even cover half our things, but I know we're, you know, we're approaching time. I definitely think we should get you back because there's a lot of stuff that I didn't hear that will be good. So maybe in a month or two, we'll get you back and we kind of talk more about the speaking with the stuff that you're sharing on your shows, because I know a lot of it is very relevant. So how can you, uh, how can people get in contact with you? Absolutely, Roy. This episode is such a joy. Thanks for having me on. I'm always happy to come back. You're great. And, and there's two ways of keeping in touch. So the first one, to your point, right, the YouTube channel, go to Master Talk in one word. You can just type Master Talk in the search engine. You'll find hundreds of free videos on how to speak. And if you're, sitting, if you're interested in coaching, come to one of our free live interactive trainings over Zoom. It's not a webinar. You're on a Zoom call. I'm coaching you for free on that call for an hour and a half to two hours. And if you want to register for that, it's rockstarcommunicator.com. Okay, I'm going to make sure I put the links in. I'll also, if you want, I'll put um, Instagram and your LinkedIn as well. Because I, what I found is that everybody connects in a different way and they tend to kind of guide to the one that they're you know into the biggest so that's what i if you, yeah i put all the links in both uh, the audio on the video that's so awesome. listen, Brian, thank you very much it's thoroughly enjoyable conversation thanks bro so that's all for the speaking podcast you can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com as mentioned we're on BitChute and youtube be sure to give us a thumbs up five star rating share with your friends until next week take care this podcast is and always will be free there are two ways you can help me as I spend a lot of time researching, recording, editing, and marketing my podcast. I also have plenty of costs with like Zoom, BitChute, StreamYards, as well as equipment. I have a donation button, which you can buy me a coffee once a month, or even just donate one euro, because if everybody who listens to the podcast donate one euro, it would cover all the costs. You can also support our sponsors. All the links are in the podcast show notes. Thank you for listening. This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula that creates simple, 
and very advanced websites, as well as creating fantastic animation. If you or someone you know is looking to start or update their websites, we're offering a genuine 20% discount with the code SPEAKING. Just go to coolabola.com and the links are in the podcast description.